So, uh, hey, 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 I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. And you are listening to Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get stoned and talk SNL. All right, tonight we're talking about season one, episode seven, which aired on December 10th, 1975, um, with host Richard Pryor and Gil Scott Heron. I want to take a quick second before we get into the episode to say that listener discretion is advised as we discuss adult themes and drug use. So just be mindful of who's around you whilst you're listening. All right. Anyway, so yeah, we got things kicked off with a cold open, which looks like it's going to be a regular Chevy Chase pratfall. But then Garrett Morris comes out and... Chevy Chase starts being an asshole about he's the one that does the pratfalls and what's Garrett Morris doing here? And Garrett Morris is whispering in his ears saying that Richard Pryor's hosting. And so it then actually kind of turns really adorable because Garrett Morris tries to do a pratfall and fails. And so Chevy Chase teaches him how to do a pratfall. And Garrett Morris, then he is like, oh, okay. And he trips and he falls over Chevy Chase and he looks up at the camera and says, live from New York at Saturday night. And I really liked it. It was so cute. I was so happy to see how they finally broke the streak that they had of it always being Chevy Chase. Yes. Oh, God. I was just like, oh, fuck. So now Chevy's going to be some racist asshole and kick Garrett Morris off the stage. And it didn't play out like that. I was so happy. It was good. I knew that this was going to be a, a fun episode. Yeah. Although, full disclosure, I did watch it at about 4 p.m. yesterday whilst waiting for election returns. So, had a lot on my mind. Didn't take the most extensive notes this week. Yeah, fair. Same. I, t- I watched it. I remember when I watched it. That's where we're at. So, Yeah. <laughs> feels like eight years have happened um yeah so then we went um into Richard Pryor talking he he was like actually making me laugh um in his monologue which feels rare for season one um (laughs) (laughs) he did a little thing about like women when they leave you they tell you why they leave and that was that was was actually kind of fun I mean I I generally don't like jokes that are like all women are like this, but it was fun. Whatever. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah. I say it made me laugh. He was doing an impression of being drunk at a bar um, and how he, I guess, got dosed on psychedelics or hallucinogens for the first time. And I thought that was very amusing. I thought that was amusing too. The next one, all I have to say for the next one is it was uh, a little racist. <laughs> yeah. So the first sketch of the night was Samurai Hotel. And I know that this is a very popular character of John Belushi's. And I believe he used it to audition for Saturday Night Live. But yeah, Chevy Chase is trying to check into a place called the Samurai Hotel. And there's a white guy behind the counter not speaking Chinese or Japanese, but rather just kind of mimicking the languages. And then Richard Mm. Pryor shows up and they're swinging samurai swords around at one another. And Chevy Chase just wants to be led up to his room. And 
John Belushi, Richard Pryor, they're still fighting. At one point, Richard Pryor, I believe, says, your mama-san, which, okay, I, I thought that was funny. There were, like, a lot of your mama jokes in this episode. I yeah. Like, Am I crazy? No, you were not. <laughs> I, I don't know. If maybe, like, that was, like, was this, was were your mama jokes new at that point? Was this, like, just hitting the kids? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but yeah. It was and weird. The sketch ended with Richard Pryor uh, cutting the reception desk in half. John Belushi says in straight English, well, I can dig where you're coming from, and takes the bags upstairs. Because, oh, right, Richard Pryor and John Belushi were fighting over who was going to have to bring Chevy Chase's bags upstairs. I did kind of laugh when he, like, immediately sort of broke the act and said, oh, yeah, I could take your bags. Like, that was kind of funny. Yeah. But... It was like, okay, clearly these two grown men are just playing at being samurais in a samurai-themed hotel, but until you realize, it was, still didn't sit right, I don't know. I, I, thought it, I thought the punchline was funny. I thought it ended less problematically than it could have, but it still wasn't non, wasn't completely innocent. Yeah, I think that, like, something that I'm seeing a lot in these earlier episodes is, like, the structure of the joke or the structure of the sketch rather is good and it works like I do tend to like the punchlines but all the contextual details about the sketch mess it up by being sexist or racist or whatever so yeah (laughs) yeah no and that's a really that's a really good that, that that's yeah it's a valid observation and it certainly puts into words how I feel or how I felt about this season it's like it's not that I've disliked it it just doesn't feel good all the time okay so uh yeah so the next uh so uh Richard Richard Pryor introduced Gil Scott Heron who played Johannesburg I'm talking through a coughing fit right now and um i believe the song was about apartheid and i it was a protest song it was it had very it was a very it had a flowy feel i don't really know much about the song i thought it was a nice song yeah that's that's how i felt didn't know much but it was good the next sketch i'm looking at my um notes for it and I'm genuinely so confused I wrote looks at books I don't know what that even means (laughs) the next sketch was called looks at books and it's Jane Curtin um interviewing an author and this time it was Richard Pryor who had written a book called white like me I didn't write much about it because I figured I would remember but unfortunately I did not (laughs) That's okay. I Lord knows I've been there. I have a sentence coming up that I have absolutely no idea what it means. Like I have no, I have no idea what it's talking about. What I wrote it down in regards to Richard Pryor. He wrote that he wrote this book, White Like Me, and it was about how he became a white person by putting shoe polish in his hair and on his skin, and how. He then proceeded to do an impression of a white person, and he was walking and talking like a white person, and that was funny. It was pretty good. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is, that's really fucking good, seeing a 
grown-ass adult black man walking and talking like a white man. It was like watching Richard Pryor, but hearing a white man. It was very weird. <laughs> um, and yeah, he says his next book, he's going to become a white Jewish American princess. Um, for this book, he's going to have to go through a sex change and marry a doctor. And I'm like, again, there's, it's like, God damn it. Like, why do we have to be problematic? Reverse blackface was funny. Why couldn't we have just stopped it there? Right. They had to go like another step. And I wish they had because it was kind of funny when he was talking about his experience as a white man. And he was like, he said he called it spooky. And he said it was it was different um, to like be able to go out in the world and get jobs. I liked that. It was funny. <laughs> it, it pointed out a lot of still problematic stuff that you know there were problems then there were problems now there were race racial divides then racial divides now so oh i do understand what this means now the next thing we had was a replay of new dad family insurance from the first episode and then it went into another sketch that may have been racist but i also wasn't sure if they were just doing like physical comedy with handcuffs like I wasn't really totally sure I don't know if you can provide any insight on that (laughs) I mean I just remembered when I watched this was actually Monday night so it's been so long um (laughs) literally so much as that was literally a full ass 48 hours ago and this country was a different place yeah um I still had some weird hopes I'm I'm not sure why um (laughs) but That was back when we thought we could take the Senate. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) This was like a police lineup and it was Gilda Radner looking at a lineup and I didn't write down who was lined up, but I also didn't, I wrote down that there were handcuffs, didn't write down any context, just wrote handcuffs, figured I'd remember. (laughs) Gilda Radner is asked to pick out the person who attacked her or or who mugged her in a lineup. And she's like, well, I I think it's the one with the handcuffs. And I think it was just like, it was four people and Richard Pryor was wearing handcuffs and she was supposed to pick the person out of the lineup and they hadn't removed the guy's handcuffs. So yeah, it was like 30 seconds long and that was it. But much like the Beethoven sketch of the last classic episode, this reappeared for like two more 45 second bits later on in the show. So yeah, it becomes more problematic, I think. But wait, there's more. Yeah. Um, but wait, the next sketch is the most. Fuck, this next sketch, I honestly... I was watching it and I was like, okay, I know I am high, but am I actually seeing what's going on? Or have I like, is this like the weirdest high I've ever had where I'm just like hallucinating what's going on on my screen to the point where I texted you and I was like, please, did this happen or am I hearing shit? Like, please tell me this didn't happen. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. So I, well, okay. Oh my God. Context. The first time I saw the sketch was not on Monday preparing for this recording, but it was actually a few years ago, I was in a cancer hospital and I was there with my mom who was diagnosed with cancer. Um, Unfortunately passed away from cancer, but what are you gonna do? We were sitting there and watching this episode. We were like, oh, cute, old SNL. 
and it wasn't cute old SNL. It was ugly old SNL. Yeah. I can't imagine seeing this sketch in a cancer hospital. Like, A, I can't imagine there are tons of laughs there anyways. And so then turning on SNL and being like, cool, maybe we can have some laughs. And then seeing this, I, yeah. So Richard Pryor goes in for a job interview and Chevy Chase is interviewing him and says, oh, okay. So before we hire you, we're going to play a word association game and proceeds to just say words and see how Richard Pryor responds. So it starts off pretty innocently, fast, slow, rain, snow. And then Chevy Chase starts slinging slurs towards Richard Pryor and Richard Pryor keeps slinging them back and so they're white man ones so it's kind of like <laughs> oh right yes okay so yeah Chevy Chase is saying slurs about black people and Richard Pryor is saying them back and this gets worse and worse and worse until Chevy Chase says the n-word and so I guess Richard Pryor had said, uh, Chevy Chase said something, Richard Pryor said honky. Chevy Chase said the N-word and Richard Pryor said dead honky. At which point Chevy Chase is like, cool, you got the job. You know what? You look tired. You can take three weeks off. And it was like, okay, what the fuck just happened? And then that was when you informed me there was a Wikipedia page about this sketch, which blew my fucking mind because Pryor... (laughs) to this prior to watching this i did not know this sketch existed so yeah i'm reading the wikipedia page and there are multiple stories as to how the sketch came about but richard pryor's performance he wrote it so that it mimics how it mimicked the yeah we're not going this is racial beyond belief and i am a white woman the sketch pointed out a, the disparity in slurs of how terrible slurs that white people have for minorities are so terrible. And the reverse ones are really just teasy, jokey, not very hurtful, just, you know, playing around. Right, because there's no history of, like, abuse, really. <laughs> no, and so the sketch really does point that out. But it was still jarring to see. And I guess Rolling Stone has named it, I guess, one of the 10 best SNL sketches. Yeah, they did that in 2014. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I was a little shook. Well, and something, I mean, yeah, it's been named one of the most controversial moments on TV or live TV or SNL or whatever. That was VH1, I think. But, like, it's different when Michael Che drops the n-word on the weekend update desk because it's i it's just yeah i still i think the sketch could have done without it i but you know 1975 and and chevy chase they just the combination of those two i mean yeah i don't see anybody else in that cast doing that or playing that role and being okay with saying that on live tv i i actually don't yeah maybe i mean hey maybe i'll be proven wrong in coming episodes i don't know (laughs) i don't want to make any claims but yeah so 
Yeah, and then we moved on to another Al Franken, Tom Davis Pong sketch, which was all right. I don't think it was the funniest one they've done. No, I was like barely following. I was just like thinking about what I had just seen, you know, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was still processing what, yeah, I was not in any mindset to watch them play Pong and discuss their lives. I, mm-mm. Yeah, the Pong ones, like, it's like easy to follow the game, but it's also easy to not follow the game. And then once you, you stop following the game, you stop following the whole sketch. <laughs> yeah. The next one was a family dinner situation and dad is ranting about oh they're coming the black people are coming and taking all of our jobs they're infiltrating us and the kids excuse themselves um and when they come back it's not who it was but who was it It was Gilder Wagner and I don't know and John Belushi um the kids get up and the two actors who come out are black actors. Um, and the same thing happens with the mom. Yeah. So every time someone excuses themselves from the dinner table, they come back into the room being portrayed by a black actor. And sometimes that's a black extra. And in John Belushi's case, it was Richard Pryor. And I guess the part of the sketch is Dan Aykroyd, he's ranting about how you know, it, he can see it happening all around him. And no, he can't because he just keeps ranting about how everyone's being replaced by black people while his family are being replaced by black people and he doesn't see it. And then he asks John Belushi slash, he asks Richard Pryor, his son, to pass the grits. And it was like, well, okay. <laughs> nice little racist uh, family dinner to wind us right into Weekend Update. Yes. <laughs> It was good. Uh, I did laugh at, um, they were talking about how sports teams were denying allegations of homosexuality. Um, and then Churchill says that the, it was like the president of the LGBT, I don't know how many of those letters they had at that time, LGBTQ Alliance um, did not want to comment on the widespread homosexuality within their group. <laughs> There was a joke about uh, uh, Francisco Franco still being dead Um, and that Ronald Reagan, he's running for office and he was trying to tell people that it wouldn't be ridiculous that the president uh, would have previously starred in a movie called Bedtime for Bonzo, which I thought was so quaint that that was considered, oh, is this problematic for a president to have starred in a movie called that when it's, you know. Definitely quaint. Oh, yeah. I thought the J. Edgar Hoover joke about there being an expose on him in time and how it would be the shortest edition of time ever as it would be one page. I thought that was wonderful. I laughed at that, yeah. <laughs> um not much happened they they replayed the spud beer ad from last week um they had emily latella on again talking about busting school children which i found funny just the idea of school children getting busted it was yeah (laughs) yeah it was that was pretty much it was a generic weekend update there wasn't much that stood out to me yeah so we go from that to um, part two of 
or I guess the second, the sequel to the police lineup sketch that we saw earlier. And this time, I honest to God, do, do you want to know what I wrote for my notes? Would you write? Lineup part two. I That is exactly how much I was into this sketch. I was like, oh, good, more racist bullshit. Great. Literally, this one was about who stole Gilda's purse. And okay. the options were an icebox, Richard Pryor, a goose and a nun. Yeah. So again, not really. And she was like, oh, can you check in the icebox? It's like, uh, come on. We went into a sketch about the army, or I guess a top secret mission, and Dan Aykroyd was giving Richard Pryor his orders, and he's telling him to do this and do that and do the other thing, and he says, oh, and uh, take that pill. And so instead of, like, taking the pill with him, Richard Pryor pops the pill in his mouth, and Dan Aykroyd then, after a very lengthy pause, says, that pill, if you're captured, you need to take it because it ensures death within 20 seconds of ingestion. And it's already been about 10 seconds since Richard Pryor drank the pill. So, yeah, you then watch Richard Pryor's character fall down and die on screen. Yeah, that sketch. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I really felt about that. Yeah, I didn't really like it yeah that's how i felt about it it was just a weird like like almost like not that that happens but it's something that could happen is like somebody you know being led to their death for you know something stupid yeah they just misunderstood and it's like okay if you have a suicide pill that you're supposed to take if captured, maybe you shouldn't just be tossing it around and leaving it out on the desk and saying, oh, take that pill, and not like, oh, put that pill in your pocket. Yeah, just careless. The carelessness of the U.S. military. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) The next one was The Land of Gorge. Um, And tonight, Gorge is drunk. Um, Isn't it Plubus? Is that his name? I think that's oh my God. his I was name. Like the green guy was Gorge. Who the fuck is Gorge? <laughs> I thought Gorge was where they were. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know. I thought his name was Plubus, but I, I, whatever. He's drunk. And main Muppet, the main Muppet is drunk. Yeah. And his wife's like, you're still drunk, says to his wife, you're still ugly. And everyone laughs. And it's like, oh, ha. Oh, that's not funny. And then Plubus forces Scred to drink. He like holds him down and like puts the alcohol bottle like in his mouth and he says it's drinking like a man. And it's like, no, that's drinking to die. That's alcohol poisoning. Yeah. It was just kind of a weird sketch. Yeah. And then like they went to Favag and Favag was like, have you been hitting the sauce? And they were like, ah, me and my little guy Toto want to go back to Kansas. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Drunk Muppets? I did not get the point. And hey, if you know the point, email us, satnighthighpod at gmail.com. Yes. Um, guess what happens after that? It's more <laughs> of the police lineup. Yeah. We have lineup number three. And during this lineup it was richard pryor and three cops and they were all pointing at him yes yeah it was racist and terrible 
it's also just kind of crazy to see like a joke like that being made so long ago and thinking of like how much has changed since then and it's like mm, not much <laughs> right well yeah it's a racist as fuck but i suppose it's also just pointing out really the how the judicial system is stacked against black men so yeah yeah i suppose that's what yeah anyway yeah we went into um uh the next sketch uh two priests played by richard Pryor and another black extra i don't know their name um they show up at a house and jane Curtin answers the door it becomes clear they're there for an exorcism and this is Exorcist 2. And Lorraine Newman is lying in bed and she's possessed. And hijinks ensue to the point where Lorraine Newman, she then goes back to using a very little girl voice and the priest thinks she's fine and she ends up throwing pea soup in one of their faces and saying in a demonic voice, suck it! Which I thought was funny. Um, but the sketch ends with her... With Lorraine Newman talking about each man's mother, I believe. Yeah, it was, I mean, this was when I realized, oh my God, this whole episode, there's been so many Yamama jokes. Kind of strange. And it ends, it ends with, I guess, it. well, Lorraine Newman makes a joke about Richard Pryor's mother and he starts choking her. And the second priest comes back in and he's like, what are you doing? And Lorraine Newman makes a joke about his mother, at which point both of the men start to choke the girl out. So Yeah, kind of weirdly graphic <laughs> um then the next one was albert brooks's film but he was sick this week which i mean kind of made me laugh a little bit because i was like wow this is literally like like recently at work i was potentially exposed and so i had to zoom into my class on monday um and then i watched this after that and it was like oh this is just everything is connected but anyways <laughs> tested negative everything's fine um <laughs> wonderful that was my next question oh God, yeah i would have told you <laughs> but yeah it was so consequential i figured that was fine um he was sitting in bed right yeah yeah he was sitting in bed and he said that he was uh using a remote control to zoom in and out he couldn't pan uh, and he was doing it by himself because he wouldn't infect 12 people for uh, 12 people for any film. And I was like, oh, how nice that he has a cold or the flu and he doesn't want to infect 12 people. Whereas other people are like, hey, here, I have my COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. And then his doctor comes in and says he's overworked. Um, yeah. And he says that he has a, one more film in his contract and that he shouldn't do it. And I'm like, is this fulfilling the final film in the SNL contract? I wasn't really sure but it was just very weird that's the vibe i got yeah it was just weird oh my god also something that i forgot to say in the um the last police lineup sketch was when the cop was asking gilda um if it if she could identify the person he said the way he said it he said it like who here is the person who allegedly but like he puts a lot of emphasis on allegedly and I almost felt like wait did this guy not even like did this like I was just a little bit confused in that moment with the word allegedly right it's like did he even yeah did he even no. do anything and so I just googled something because I just wanted to make sure I was um 
getting this correct. So the next thing that happened was a performance by Shelley Pryor. And this was Richard Pryor's ex-wife and the mother of his daughter, Rain. And so she had a story that rhymed with musical sound effects about a carousel and how the carousel broke. It was this performance. I actually kind of liked it. It was Andy Kaufman in style, but better. It was Mother Goose in style, but better. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I guess... I Googled this and it says this particular, so from the not ready for primetime WordPress, uh, says this particular episode of Saturday night seems to be heavily tailored to host Richard Pryor's comic sensibilities. Rather than Pryor merely participating in performing the sketches, many of the show's sketches seem to revolve around the topics of Pryor's stand-up, race, and class. When I looked up this episode at SNL Transcript, I realized this wasn't an accident. In order to get Richard Pryor to host the show, producer Lauren Michaels had to meet Pryor's demands. Gil Scott Heron, a groundbreaking artist in his own right, had to be a musical guest on the show. Act- Actor Thalmus Thalmus Rasulala and his ex-wife Shelley, also the mother of Pryor's daughter Rain, must also be allowed to make appearances on the show. In 1975, Pryor was at the top of his game, and this was only Saturday night's seventh episode. Uh, so Pryor was able to bend Michael's resolve. So Richard Pryor came in with some demands, saying, if you want me, I will bring numbers to your show, but you need to meet demands A through G. And yeah, so that was, so Shelly Pryor, I guess that was Richard Pryor's ex-wife. And it then went into a second Richard Pryor monologue, which I also thought was hilarious. It was. I laughed a lot. More than normal. <laughs> I, it's amazing what happens when you bring an actual comedian in to host the show. <laughs> yeah. We had another performance by Gil Scott Heron which was a lovely day. I thought the performance was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) It was. I thought that too. And yeah, that was it. That was the whole episode. That was the whole episode. And yeah, did you have a favorite sketch? Um, You know, that's a good question. I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm not sure that I really did. Yeah. For favorite, I have none with a question mark written next to it. Yeah. I know I had a least favorite. What about you? Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the word association job interview sketch was. (laughs) Yep. Leading all of them. Just leaving everything else in the dust for the the race of the worst. Um. So, yeah, that was it for Season 1, Episode 7. Um, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. You can like, subscribe, rate, review, do the stuff. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. Our at is Sat Night High Pod. Um, night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter because of character limit. What am I forgetting? satnighthighpod.com yep that's we have a website and it's that (laughs) and our gmail is satnighthighpod you can send us stories funny shit that happened when you were high weed products that you think we should try I've been playing a weed game recently called weed ink it's like an (laughs) idle game it's a tap game 
you just run dispensaries around the world and make money when you're ignoring your phone. It's it's been really great to keep my mind off the shit show of the election the past few days. So yeah, I recommend that. Send us your wrecks. <laughs> yes, and happy highs. Happy highs. I'm Gilda. Oh my god, and I'm Steph. <laughs>